0: Back and it is beautiful.
1: The Singapore Premier League returned for round two and reminded us just what we've been missing with 13 goals across the weekend.
0: With the top three all securing wins, could a three way race for the SPL crown be taking shape? And can Geelang turn things around to get back on track?
1: All this and more coming right up on the SPL podcast. Hi everyone this is farah and this is raushan farah i'm not even going to let you say anything i'm so happy to be back sorry i had to miss out last week but back to full fitness raring to go i think the footballs nursed me into good shape so it's glad good to be back why don't you tell me who we have in store as the guest?
0: No, first of all, Roshan, I'm glad to have you back. We've definitely missed you. But today, today we do have a pretty special guest. He is a producer of the Final Whistle, a huge fan of Singapore football and more so of Geelang International for 26 years. Almost as old as me. Nas, welcome to the SPL Pod. How are you and how much have you enjoyed the 2022 season so far? Uh,
2: thank you for having me. Uh, in terms of enjoyment, I don't think I'm enjoying how Geylang is doing this season. Uh, I was going to say that, I mean, <laughs> why would you ask him how
1: he's enjoying football when he's that, a Geylang fan?
0: That was a trick question, he was <laughs> the 80s, yeah, unexpected, unexpected, unexpected. Nas, it's
1: fabulous to have you in front of the microphone for once and we will give you the chance to talk all about your beloved Geylang later on in the show, but first things first, let's look back on the past weekend that kicked off with that spectacular 7 goal thriller between Haugang United and the Lion City Sailors LCS winning that one 4-3. Kim shin scoring his second hat-trick of the season to take his tally to nine goals. And Maxim Vestian also grabbing his second goal of the SPL season to make it 4-3. With the Cheetahs celebrating somewhat. Pedro coming back from injury and scoring late on. And Andrew Moritz getting two goals. But eventually, too little too late as they lost out to Lion City Sailors. Farah, I'll come to you first. LCS eventually winning by one goal, but they should have scored more with the number of chances LeSTien was creating, no?
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure they should have. But I think we wanted to pick on LeSTien, you know, out of everyone because I think you made mention that he was almost unplayable on the night, and I feel like there was a reason why we were all so excited when, when you know, there was, there was news in the first place that he was coming over to the SPL and he really kind of stepped up to it, didn't he? And he, he, he's just world-class and that's it at the end of the day. And I feel like that result, sailors should have had more on the night. I think we kind of, most of us kind of expected it, but I guess at the end of the day, we always say this, a win is a win. Three points is three points and they would be happy with it no matter what.
1: Yeah, I think especially when considering the number of games LCS have played in such a short space of time, fatigue will be a big factor. And yes, they have a deep squad, but their best players did play against Sao Gang, did start against Sao Gang at least. And it was clear to see that Max Lestian Lestian is really uh, class apart from from everybody else. Nas, how much have you enjoyed the LCS machine as it gears into full fitness as the season goes on?
2: I would say they start off quite slow, but I think... After the their ACL commitment, I kind of looking. I'm looking forward to see how they perform for the rest of the season. And also, especially before that, you know, in round one, we didn't really see much of Lastian. You know, and he really came alive during the ACL and against Gang. So it's like I'm really looking forward to see what else he brings. You know, to the to the league. Yeah, I think it's not just Nas who's
1: excited. Akari Abdullah tweeted this during the game. I can safely say no one in the league can handle Maxim. Too damn good. And when a fellow pro is praising another pro like that, I think it just speaks of the levels that uh, Maxim is uh, setting the league alight almost. Uh, Farah, I want to ask you first, before you are going to ask me a question, let me ask you this first. Brand new round, Haugang was supposed to, you know, huddle together and come back stronger. But any positives can you take from this uh, defeat to LCS?
0: I mean, the positives here are that they did not get absolutely smacked. That's it. I feel like, I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, that result isn't the most terrible. Of course, we keep saying again and again, they would want to get a win on board, right? I mean, they would want to keep, you know, keep the wins coming for them. But at the end of the day, it's, we knew, they knew, they knew what they were going to come up against when they play the sailors. It was never going to be an easy task. So I feel at the end of the day, that result wasn't the worst. And, we, we always know that they have no problem scoring goals. They will always be able to do that. So at the end of the day, I feel like that might be the only positives that they really did not get absolutely embarrassed on the night. What do you think? Uh,
1: for me, I, I tell you, I think this is the start of Haugang's troubles, man. I, I, I know people listening to the podcast, in the fraternity, fans, everybody are going to be like, why am I going after Haugang? But I think Haugang are in for a long, long season. I highlighted it previously, earlier in the season that they have Problems with their goalkeeper. Now Ridwan Barodin is out for the season. They got Mukun who will step up and take his place in goal. And I don't think that's going to work for them at all. We saw some of the goals against LCS. I think it was the Maxim Lestian one that he was culpable for rushing out of his line. And when you add in the fact that Haugang have so many injuries to key positions, especially in their defence, I think defence... It's not just the people who play in the back line. As a team, they don't defend very well. They got Shafiq Ghani trying to play as a defensive midfielder. I don't think that's his most natural position. So I do think Haugang are in for a torrid, torrid time. They haven't kept a clean sheet in the last 15 SPL games, which is a long, long time in SPL football, you know. So I think it's only going to be more difficult from from, from here on in. But having said that, perhaps, perhaps... Even if they concede with the likes of Andre Moritz, Pedro coming back to full fitness, I guess attack is the best form of defence and maybe they'll just outscore opponents and try and get a few more crucial
2: wins. But definitely no title charge or anything like that for gang. Nas, you got anything to add to that? I mean, not forgetting they still have their AFC Cup coming, you know. And, you know, and with Ridwan out for the whole season, you know, it's, you know now it's between Mokun and Aizid Yazid. So, I guess it's quite tough for them. I really don't see how they're going to get out of this. Yeah, so I just wish them all the best. <laughs> and just
1: very quickly, <laughs> at the start of the season when uh, Haugang played LCS, we saw Zainol Golam in a Haugang United t-shirt with the club. He hadn't been registered yet, but he was, I guess, training with the club or something like that. If I were Fredows or if I were Clement, I'll be like, Zainal, bro, we need you now. And that is a big, big problem they need to address. Transfer window opens, I think, start of June. So if you ask me, they need to do something because if the keeper keeping position is not something that's cutting it in the SPL I fear for them in the AFC Cup as well so they need to address that
0: I do want to quickly touch upon the fact because the both of you were saying that you know Haugang are in for a very long season it's going to be very tough it, it, they're in, it, it feels like they're in, in trouble so what would be the ideal finish for them this season? I would think I would think anything I,
1: I don't see them finishing in the top four. I, I don't think they uh, they warrant a place in the top four. There are four better teams than them in the league based on current form. You talk about LCS, uh, Tempernis and Albrecht likely to take up three of those top four positions. And then if you ask me, I would think Tanyo Paga or Balistrier stand a better chance of finishing higher than them. I think Haugang are going to struggle. So between,
2: not bottom, but probably sixth. Just mid-ish.
0: mid-ish. Nas, what do you think?
2: We actually think they finish fourth, no. Like, I mean, oh. even yeah, even with their defensive problems, I still feel that they are slightly better and they have more quality than compared to Tanyupaga, Paga, Ballester and Geelang. So for me, I think they will end fourth. I think, Sorry. Sorry,
1: we didn't ask Geelang to be part of this conversation, but good try. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, la, move, shall
0: we move
1: on to the yeah. next game of the weekend?
0: Let's move on. Okay, Tanjong Paga won, Alvarex two. A little bit of recap Ryo Nishiguchi gave Tanjong Paga another surprise lead against their neighbors, but Alvarex's Kodai Tanaka notched his eighth goal in his many matches before Masaya Idetsu sealed the comeback. Now, guys, has the bubble burst on Tanjong Paga's fairy tale? Raushan?
1: Don't say like that, la. My heart pain, <laughs> you know, you say like that. Tanjong Paga! Sim, sim, sim. Same. I mean, let let's 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 be honest here. Tanyon Paga have we've touched on it before about their squad depth, right? And they they don't they have a very good eleven, and there was the fairy tale round one. But I know they are coming off the back of they haven't won in three basically. But when you look at their past three opponents, it's Temperance Rovers who they drew three all the games, and then they lost six one to LCS and then Albrex. So to see on paper you don't expect Tanjung Paga to beat these teams anyway so I don't think the bubble has burst I think I think they have enough heads to galvanize the, themselves and come back stronger they do take on Haugang which we'll touch on later but I think it's too early to say the bubble has burst I think there are good characters in that club the likes of Blake Rishuto we've seen Sujic a recently won player of the month and there are good good players there who can hopefully turn it around and they can eventually get back on on the
2: winning, winning track I hope I would think as long as they stay injury-free, they would do well for the season.
0: Okay, because I was gonna say that I wanna I wanna agree with Roshan in the fact that you know it it's it might be harsh to say that the bubble has burst, but I feel that the results that they have achieved in round one, they are not gonna do so in rounds two or three. I just feel it might be because I feel like we had we have this conversation week in and week out about how the squad is so thin. They they, they 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 surprise us week in and week out. I just feel after especially after that big loss against the Sailors before the break, that was that might have been just a little bit too much. And now coming back after the break, that, that momentum that they had, even like if we put aside that result against the Sailors, that momentum that they had kind of had to take a little little bit of a hit because of the break and I just unfortunately don't see them doing the same things as as, as, as they've done the results that they've achieved in round one personally but you know do you want to say something Rashad no no
1: I will I will (laughs) I will I will will hold my case and watch Tanjung Paga create some magic and prove Mm -hmm. you wrong
0: Okay, okay, we'll see, we'll see. But moving on to Albrex, on the other hand, uh, it feels like they're not as rampant, right, as years gone by, especially to you, Roshan, because you've, you've had your say about Albarex. Uh But it felt like they've controlled this game from start to finish. Is this what we can come to expect of the 2022 Albrex?
1: I think so. I, I think on on I, I have been quite vocal about how I expect Albrecht to smash everything that stands before them. Uh they have had some eye-catching scorelines, but overall they've dropped points in crucial places. I think this was an important victory for them to come against Tanyo Paga. They were 1-0 down and then to turn it around 2-1 and then basically Tanyo Paga didn't trouble them at all and they controlled proceedings quite comfortably I would say and I think while Albrecht have a tendency to be leaky at the back they have firepower power up front from the likes of Tanaka who's scoring goals for fun. They have Tadan who's playing down that left and doing ever so well. So I think Albrechts have enough to control and see games out. I don't know whether that's going to be enough to mount a serious title challenge though. But I do think Albrechts are going to get the necessary results to finish in the top three at least. I, I don't think Albrechts... I, I stand by my case. I don't think Albrechts will be challenging for the title. But I don't think they're going to be in any sorts of trouble.
2: I think it depends on how Ilhan fund fair. I guess, you know, with his addition to the team, I think it might add a different dimension. You know, seeing that how how he played with Young Lions and I guess with having better support at Albirex, I think he might flourish well, you know. And I think, you know, we are still waiting to see whether will there be any, any aftermath of the whole uh, Yoshinaga issue of you know, wanting to be the next Singapore coach and all. So I guess it's still open. And I think that the truth test will come and you know, when they face the, the likes of Lion City Sailors, uh, Tampanis, and Haugang, you know. yeah.
1: I, I actually take your Ilhan point very well because Albrechts are set-piece specialists, right? And we know all about Ilhan's uh, aerial prowess. So maybe that might work out for them. And for Ilhan's sake, I think the whole of Singapore wants that move to work out. So it'll be interesting to see if he, if he does well in Albrechts. All right, quickly moving on to the third and final game of the weekend, which was uh, Tampanis Rovers beating Balestia Kalsa 2-1. Carlos scored his first SPL goal to give Ballester the lead, but goals from Zerudin Mamedovic and the irrepressible, I repeat, irrepressible Boris Kapitavid, 12th of the season, gave Stags their third win in five games. Now, Nas, I'll come to you for this. It was Haugang who many people touted as dark horses. In fact, you still think they will be in the top four, but it's Temporis who've really shown their mettle to fire themselves into second place in the table with Boris on fire. How much can
2: Gavin's men achieve this year? Oh I think they have really surpassed expectations that a lot of people have set for them this season. You know, everyone was like expecting them to struggle. And you know, and I think Gavin has really done well, you know, to get this team playing cohesively and you know playing the kind of football he wants. So I guess I mean, you know, with them getting to groove, you know, I think they might be the one that will be challenging LCS in you know, the end of the season. <laughs> Farah, how are you feeling about Tempunis? Have you been impressed by how they've turned things around,
1: especially when you consider the end they had to last season? It was a big task for Gavin, probably the biggest of his managerial career, right? To turn things around?
0: 100%. I mean, we didn't know when Tempunis was going to get out of that of that rut of not being able to see through games, right? We ne- we didn't know when it was going to end, but it, it feels like they've kind of put that behind them. They're looking very much, you know, they're looking so much more comfortable on the ball, so confident these days, you know, and you see, especially on the social media, uh, social sphere, right? Everyone's like, Gavin Ball, Gavin Ball is in full swing, and it surely, it truly feels like it. it it's so nice to watch Tamponis these days, and especially Boris, that man is on fire, and I, I feel it, they will be the closest... And the biggest challenges to the title against LCS, and it'll be a good watch for everyone. I have to I, I, I and, and that's what I do hope to see.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think Tempanis have been an absolute breath of fresh air, right? Obviously, Boris getting all the headlines, most goals, also has most shots, 43, most shots on target. No surprise, he also has four assists. So he's really an all-round player and very, very important to Tempanis. One thing I really like about Tempanis is I don't know something about them. When they play at our Tempenis Hub, they really have embraced that home stadium, I feel. In my mind, there's always an iconic image of Boris scoring a free kick and then the fans are so close, he runs over. I think that home form, playing at our Tempenis Hub, especially with fans coming back, is going to be good for Tempenis. And hopefully, they will be able to run LCS closer a bit. I know there's a bit of a gap opening up at the top of the table, but you want to see, hopefully, another local team with a different identity all together to LCS, right? LCS are your... Man City, shall we say. And then we have Tempunis, for the lack of a better example, I guess Liverpool, I don't know. But they, <laughs> they, are, they are more pure. You know I mean? They, they 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 count on their football. They have a different way of going about things. Long-term contracts, younger players. So it'd be good to see Tempunis and Gavin take the challenge to LCS. And that's something I think we can all look forward to.
0: Well, Nas was dozing off there because he was very <laughs> unhappy about your Tempunis <laughs> <Japanese> show. <laughs> <laughs> against his beloved Geelong. But anyways, I think we should move on to Ballestia now, should we? I I, I want to just make this point. I feel like we keep speaking about Ballestia and how, you know, they were in this transitional state. Um, but it, it seemed like they have spent their time off pretty well, haven't they? I mean, they did threaten here and there in that game. But do they have the squad to tide them through the year?
2: I'm still on the fence about Ballestia. I mean, you know, as much as we are saying that they are, this is their transitional season but you know and, and on the day you know there has to be a, a time you know by you know what is what is their short term goal for this season and all and they have been playing I would say Akbar ball nicely but I think it's just that I think they are I would say they are still lacking some quality to really truly challenge you know the likes of Tempene's and Gong and LCS. So, I guess maybe we can only say it like maybe in, a, in another two, three seasons, then we can actually say whether have they really made a progress, you know, from 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 what they are hoping to be. I disagree.
1: I think, sorry to interrupt Farah, no, not wait, the first go. time, that's me <laughs> back to report then. But anyway, uh, Nas, I, I don't know if Akbar should be given two, three seasons and two, three seasons seems like a long, long time in football. In my opinion, I think they are they are punching well above their weight considering he's changed the style of play. I know they've had some big results, big losses against uh, bigger teams, shall we say, but they are there or thereabouts and in my opinion, I think Akbar has exceeded expectations. He's only been eight games into this Akbar ball reign and already you can see the team trying their best and I do suspect well, at least what I hear from the grapevine is they're going to be busy in the January transfer window with some possible loan signings and stuff like that. So it'd be interesting to see him address some issues there. I think in the middle of the park they definitely need some strengthening and possibly we could see some players coming in there to beef up the team. And I think Palace are gonna do well enough to at least beat the rest of the best, be the best of the rest.
0: No, I, I have to agree because I feel, Anas, I feel I want to say something but I just want to quickly touch on this. I feel like with Belestia, they kind of know what their flaws are. It's not that like they come into this season not knowing what they're lacking. They know what they're lacking and I think that's why Akbar keeps on pushing the, the idea that, not the idea, but he kind of keeps pushing the fact that this is a transitional phase, a transitional season for them because they know what they're lacking. And I, I have to agree as well. I don't know about the two, three seasons, but so far, they haven't been doing that bad. At the start of the season, we were kind of very concerned about them. But now, as as, as we, we kind of go like eight games into the seasons into the second round, they haven't been that bad. They've actually been pretty okay, more than okay. And I'm pretty sure Akbar will be pleased with it. The players will be pleased with it. And at the end of the day, at the end of the season, if they were to finish fourth, fifth, that's more than good for them I
1: feel yeah I would think everything that he's been trying to implement would, would would be a reward if they finish anything other than the bottom two and they are not the bottom two worst teams in the league which we'll touch on later with our guest Nas moving on to game week nine we talk about uphill battle and challenges Valstek well, also faced a very big challenge when they take on Albrecht's Negata on Friday 13th May at 7.45 at the Topayo Stadium some team news before we look ahead to that game Delvinder obviously got sent off the last time out and he's suspended for Balastia. Amin Hakim is also injured, but Shuhei Hoshino, a bit like me, returns from COVID 19 <laughs> and he will be back in the front line with his two uh, compatriots. For Elbrex, Shogo Toyomura and Ilhan Fandi are still not match fit while Nikki Melvin Singh continues to represent Singapore at the Sea Games. Nas, I'll come to you for this. We talked about Balastia and needing time. The last time they played Elbrex, they got spanked 6 0. I think tanaka scored four goals in that one. We touched on
2: Ballester improving, but have they improved enough to even tickle Albirex? Uh, not really. Uh. I'm, I'm still expecting a high-scoring game and a high-scoring win for Albirex. to be honest. You know, and some more with, you know, with Delwinder not around. And, you know, I'm expecting maybe between a 4 to 6 nil win. Wow! Farah? I, I, I
0: have to agree. I think it's, it's going to be... Um, it's going to be an ups, a, a huge upset for Ballestia. We say that they'll be happy here and then they you know but unfortunately it's not going to be this one. It's not going to be against Alvarez. Maybe the next one, not this yeah. one, but you know, right. I feel like it's Alberts are going to be a little bit too much for them. Um I would say 4-0 Alvarez. Okay. Okay. I I am not going to
1: say Ballestia are going to cause an upset here. But I also want to make the point that Akbar Nawa seems like the guy who will look at the fixtures going through the season. And he's not expecting anything against Albrecht. He will pick his fixtures, right? And when you look at the players missing, Del suspended, Amir Hakim injured, no chance in hell, Belastia pulling off anything. So, I suspect Albrecht win this
0: 3-0. 3-0. Okay. Moving on. Haugang United up against Tanjung Paga United that's taking place on Saturday the 14th of May kickoff at 5.30pm at the Haugang Stadium just a little bit of team news, Haugang will continue to miss Ridwan Idraki Shawal Anwar while Anders Eplin will serve the second of his two match suspension and Zulfami Arifid is of course away at the SEA Games Nazim Haman set to return from a one match ban. For Tanjung Paga defender Shaki Hamza and Sharin Sabarin remain out while forward Shukri Bashir is doubtful. Carol Nizam is fit again though and could make the bench. Now guys, Roshan we'll start with you first. Who needs to win this one more?
1: Wow, that's a, actually a very difficult question. I, I it, Because both these teams are in a really difficult position, so it's hard to say who needs this one more. I just think Haugang will need this more purely because of the yeah. expectation that they came yeah. into the season with and the way it's panned out for them. But when you look, you mention all those players missing for them, I don't see how they're going to do it. I really don't see how they're going to do it. I feel like it's going to be difficult for them. If anything, home advantage hopefully will, will, will help them in some way. And we know Andre Moritz always has a goal up front and Pedro up front returning to full fitness will hopefully give them some firepower. But I also think Tanjo Paga will want to get it done and try and prove that it wasn't a fluke, right? What started in the season. To answer your question, I think Haugang need the win more and my prediction for this one, I think is going to be two all. I'm going to sit on the fence for this one.
0: Two all? Okay, Nas, what about you before I give my thoughts?
2: Yeah, actually I kind of agree that uh, I would say Haugang needs this win more due to the pressure that they're on. With like everyone's saying that, you know, they are the dark horse that was supposed to be t- challenging for the title. But then, on the other hand, they have not uh, won against uh, Paga at Haugang since 2021. So I would say how uh, you know I would say Tanyung paga is, is their boogie team for now. But then, at the same time, looking everybody at, is
1: bogey Haugang's bogey team at the moment,
2: <laughs> and looking at and looking at you know how uh, the the number of players that they are missing. But I still believe that they have the quality up front, and I know I kind of agree with uh, Raushan that this is going to be a draw my prediction would be i would go for three, yeah oof goals low yeah farah okay
0: well i agree with the both of you i know people will be saying i agree with everyone okay what do i don't do when i agree with people's opinions but Ooh, salty. Anyways... <laughs> what am i supposed to do when i agree with people's opinions but anyways i have to agree because at the start of this se- like you said at the start of the season everyone expected Haugang to be in the shot for the title. And they are so far off it at the moment, so far off the pace, so far off the sailors. And there's no chance in hell that I, I feel that they're going to fight for the title this season. So who needs to win it more? Haugang. But at the end of the day, I feel like Tanjung are are going to make it. I feel like they might have what it takes. with Haugang, it's, it's, you never know with Hagang. Every time you think they're not going to get anything out of something, there they go, getting something out of it. So I just feel with Tanjong Paga, there is the kind of expectations with them are not as high as with Hagang. The reason why I feel they've done so well in round one is because. There was no... They, they just played what they wanted to no play. No burden you of know.
1: expectations,
0: yeah. yeah. Exactly. They just kind of yeah. went out there and played what they wanted to do. They just, there was no stress with them. So, I feel like if they get back into that mentality where there's just... To them, nothing to lose. Just play what I want to do. Do what I want to do. I feel that they could actually get it. Get get a win um, this weekend. So, my predictions would be 2-1 to Paga United.
1: Alright, so that's 2-2 for me, 3-3 for Nas and 2-1 to Tanjong Paga for Farah. All right, let's move on to the third and final game which is happening on Saturday, 14 May. At the same time, 5.30pm at the Jalan Besar Stadium. It's the big one and it's the featured game of the weekend. It's the Lion City Sailors against Geylang International. Nas, I know you've been waiting for this moment to talk about your beloved club. But before that, let me get the team news out of the way. The Sailors are missing the duo of Noor Adam Abdullah and Saifullah Akbar. Both away at the Sea Games, while Tajeli Salamat continues to be absent due to disciplinary issues. As for Geylang, well, this is going to take me a while. As for Geylang, they are missing a host of players. Fadil Kamis, Faris Farhan, Joshua Pereira, Surya Prakash, Yohaini are all not available, while Zaiful Nizam is away at the Sea Games. There's also massive doubts over the fitness of Vincent Bezakor, Kairul Hairi, and Abdul Kaim. The only positive, well the one positive is that Faisal Roslan is back from a two match suspension. Nas is bird. the moment you've been waiting for. It's been a difficult season despite that stunning match day one victory over LCS. Where has it gone wrong for Geylang
2: International? Everything. Everything has gone wrong, you know, from if you ask me honestly from the you know, postseason recruitment. Uh, ambitions of the club, everything is wrong uh, from top to bottom. And I would say against, uh, for this game, you know, it would be, uh, I, w- I would consider it a victory if they lose below 4-0. Four,
1: four okay, okay. Yeah. Thanks thanks for your prediction. I have a few more questions about Gelang though. You talk about it, the, the pre-season not going to plan and the ambition and the players... It's it's common knowledge that No Ali is just going into his final year of the of the contract, right? He's going into his final season. Do you think the club should start then forgetting about this year and start planning towards next year in any way? Because
2: how else is the situation going to get better for Gelang? I guess you know, even if you were to say that you know, just forget this season and 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 plan for next season. I bet. I mean, if if. You know, there's no ambition from the club, from the management, you know, it's gonna be the same. Hmm. Yeah. So for me it doesn't you know, it it, it you know, it, it it kills me to say this, but I would say that they are just there for the sake of, you know, uh participating. Making up and the it. numbers. Yeah, just making up the numbers. I... Yeah, you know, and and you know, you know, people have been saying that for years, you no know, Ballister, you know, used to be doing that. And I think now sadly I think Gilang has taken over, you know, you hmm. know, signing hmm. with other than signing you know their players of the season. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think the mentality also has changed to you know, just making out the numbers in the league. I, I, I
1: clearly you're very frustrated, Farah. From a from a non-fans perspective, let's try and get that non-fans perspective because mm-hmm. Nas is very close to the subject and therefore speaking with plenty of passion. But mm-hmm. I I don't know about I whether I can agree with this lack of passion because Simei Zuzul is a fantastic striker scoring goals for fun. They got Bezakor who arrives with great pedigree. So. On paper at least, they have firepower?
0: They do have firepower. We I I, I think the, the, the problem with Geelang is that it's just I think when we we have been speaking of them at the, even before the start of the season, the expectations for them weren't high. You no there wasn't much of an expectation with Geelang. And I feel like they kind of just fed right into it. They just they, they weren't they, you kind of expect, not, you don't expect much, even as someone who who has no tie to Geelang who doesn't really kind of you know support them or, or anything like that. But I just feel every time you kind of watch Geelong, you don't see, besides that game, again, that, that first game of the season where they beat LCS and caused that huge upset and kind of a huge surprise, everything that came after that, you barely see any fight, any... There, there wasn't there's just really not much with them and it's very sad to see because you see people like Nas who have supported them for like 20 over years and there's a reason why you follow this kind of clubs that there's a reason why he's been supporting him and all these you know Eagles fans everywhere who supported um, Geylang for so long I just feel right now they're in such a sad state and this is not what we want we don't want we don't like seeing it and it I don't know. Like you, and you say you, they do have the firepower, but at the end of the day, collectively, they're just not. They're just not there for me. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. And and when you when you look at the number of players missing this weekend, and because. Yes, they have firepower, but they don't have a squad to compete. Even that yeah. first 11 is threadbare, right? And then if you're going to take away a heap of players, they are going to struggle. And I think it was shocking to lose 4-1 to the Young Lions, who essentially are a development side. You you cannot expect that. Nas, I have to ask you this because it's not every day we have a Geylang fan on the podcast. How difficult is it for you to be a Geylang fan considering the circumstances when your neighbours tempenis
2: are... Sharing the stadium and doing so well, and it must be difficult to solo, no? It used to be difficult, but I guess now it's just for me. Is uh, you know, it's the feeling is normal uh, right now, actually. Yeah, you know, it used it used to bug me like maybe four or five years ago, but now to me it's like it's, it's it's expected. Yeah, you know anything. Uh, I would say you know anything else is just a bonus. Mm. Yeah, mm. but mm. I
0: do. I, I'm actually very intrigued. Before the start of this season, where do you actually see Geelang? How do you kind of see? Where, where do you envision Geelang to finish this season, or how do you expect them to be like this season?
2: When I saw the place that they signed, you know, I initially thought you know bottom two. You know, but then when 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 the lights of you know Simezuzu and you know Bezakor came. I thought, you know, maybe, you know, there's a chance to finish mid-table. Yeah, but then I would say I'm not really expecting high. Yeah, my expectation really is not high right now. So, I would say anything from not finishing bottom is really a success story, I would say. Yeah. Uh,
1: fair. So, as long as they avoid finishing bottom, you think it's, it's okay? At the moment, it is lah. Okay, okay. I, I can tell you Gelang fixtures, yes, they have LCS at the weekend and then they face Haugang and Elbrex in their next two. So, it's not about to get any easier for Geylang. Nas, final question regarding Geylang, their game against LCS. Surely, LCS smell revenge here, right? Because they were made to look, they were embarrassed basically with that shock result the last time. So, they're going to want revenge here, no?
2: I would ch- like, 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 no like I said earlier, no, anything lower than a four-goal deficit is a, is, a, is a considered a good result, like. But if honestly you ask me, I w- I'm expecting 7-8 eight loss, 8 near loss so, around there. So, yeah. so if you're a
1: betting man or any of the listeners are betting people, they'll be clamoring for AOS at the moment. Lah. They should go for it. Lah. <laughs> <laughs> Farah, what's your prediction for this one?
0: I, I don't think LCS will have revenge on their minds. Uh, I think what they have in their mind... At the end of the day, is retaining that title, which means just go out there and get that win. And I think they know that they can, and they know what not to do again. And I feel like because we've already played this many games into the season, they kind of know you know, what what needs to be done just to get over the line. And I don't think it will be a problem for them at the end of the day. This should be a pretty straightforward 4-0 win for the sailors, I feel.
2: Enough, and I, I, yeah, and and I kind of agree, you know. I think I think they don't really view this game as a as a revenge game. You know, they they probably think that you know that first game of the season was just a fluke win. Hmm. You know, I don't hmm. I don't I don't see you know LCS worrying you know regarding Geylang, you know, as how they would you know if they were to face the likes of Hougang, companies. yeah, yeah. 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 So I would say to them, it's like I, I I know I can even say that you know if they were to bring bring in their second stringers, they would still win I, I,
1: I highly suspect that Kim uh Kim Duhoon will not do that because I remember in that one 0 result I was at OTH, yeah. he did make some changes, and then there was a whole uproar about why the likes of yeah. Shilwook was on the bench. I think in fact his one started the game. His one is not a bad backup to have, by the way. <laughs> but I do think Kim Duhoon would would have learned almost that. Almost play your best 11 and then possibly after the result is done, 60th minute, you take them off. I think that is what we can expect from Kim Do for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, and also I feel like they can do that now, right? Because we were saying how like at the start of the season, Kim wasn't starting with his best 11 because he had AC on his mind. But that's over and done with. He can easily start his best 11 week in, week out and smash all these teams left, right and centre and... You know, probably not even break a sweat at this point because they kind of gotten into this this groove, right? This LCS groove. So, yeah, it's not gonna be a problem for LCS.
1: Yeah, quick prediction for me, I think uh, LCS is gonna win this one 5-1. I, I do think Lovely.
3: it'll be I
1: I do think it'll be a resounding victory for LCS. Uh, all right, it's we've cool. heard NASA's predictions, Farah's predictions, and my predictions for the round. There's one man who we haven't checked in to yet. He's in my Telegram inbox, and here he is, mystery.
3: I am sure you've missed my predictions, but don't worry, I'm back. Albrechts vs Ballester Kalsa The Japanese side is finding its rhythm very quickly and they will put the Tigers to the sword here. Albrechts 3 Ballester Calsa 1 Haogang and Tanjung Paga, or should I call it the Andre Moritz Derby. Moritz will show why he joined the better team. Haogang 2, Tanjung Paga 1. Lion City Sailors against Geelong. Zaiful Nizam is in Hanoi. That means who will play for Geelong in goal? Nobody. Lion City Sailors 8, Geelong 0.
0: All right, so let's see if Mystery here. I mean, we've missed Mystery. He had a pretty lengthy break. So let's see how he's, he's fed with his predictions come the end of game week nine. Now, on to our captain's pick. Well, Raushan wasn't even here the last time. Oh, what can I said. say? Um, yeah, well, well, to be fair, that's a cheat code. He picked the Boris, and at this point of time, Boris is just a cheat code. You pick Boris and you're like, you're, you're definitely going to win. But fortune, unfortunately for us... Oh, I thought you were you, just
1: salty about Liverpool. I guess you're just salty overall.
0: Well, do not speak <laughs> <stick> to <laughs> me about <laughs> Liverpool if you're a United fan here, okay? <laughs> okay, but back to our SBL shenanigans. Um, well, yeah, so Raushan obviously won that one because Boris, with his praise over the weekend as he continues to deliver for the Stacks... Who's your pick to shine on game, game week nine? Let's start with Nas, our guest.
2: Who is your? I would be pick? Pick Andre Morris. Same, yep.
0: same. Yep. I had Andre Morris down. Like I mean, you can
1: you tough. can pick the same same yep, uh, yep. same player.
0: I'm okay. gonna stick with Andre. So Roshan, what's yours? I mean, Andre for me, and Nas, what's yours?
1: I'm gonna go for Diego Lopez. I think he's gonna have a field day against that non-existent Geelong defense and. I think, you know, if you see Max Lestian light it up one week, why not Diego take the mantle and light it up this week? So I look forward to Diego earning me some points and hopefully another captain's pick victory.
0: Yeah, that's actually a pretty good pick, Roshan. I feel you're going to win again. And then you're going to uh-huh. just come on and play You might
1: as <laughs> well prepare your, your salty introduction already. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> look,
1: Nas, it's been absolutely fabulous having you on the podcast. You are one of those unsung heroes of the final whistle and it's great to have you in front of the mic to share your opinions. I'm just sorry that it's in such difficult circumstances for your club. I'm a Manchester United fan as well and I sympathise with you but what goes down must come up so don't worry things will get better. Once again Nas, fabulous to have you. Thank you so much. Farah, all the way from Bali I believe. Thank you so much for joining us and making time. Listeners, we hope you enjoyed the SPL podcast. Do look out for the football action that's coming your way and tag us to get involved in the conversation. We'll see you on the next episode.